Welcome to the Vibing Consciously podcast, where we explore the power of conscious living and elevating our vibrations. I'm your host, Kat, and I'm a metaphysician and energy healer. I specialize in healing trauma and guiding us on the journey to self-love. My purpose is to help the world heal through this pivotal time in history, and I'm honored to be here by my best friend and co-host, Sarah. I'll be here to help everyday people find ways to stay healthy while healing, because it's essential to nourish our bodies as well as our minds in order to stay fit and create a life of joy. I am learning to trust the journey, even when I don't understand it. Welcome back to Vibing Consciously. Welcome back, Kat. I'm so happy you're here. Me too. I'm so (laughs) happy to be here on this June afternoon. Yes. Beautiful outside. Yes, it is. I wish we could be recording outside, but that's okay. What do you have on your docket today to talk about? We are going to be talking about empaths. Ooh, I was just reading a book about this last night. (laughs) Wasn't that funny the way that worked out? Right? (laughs) Sarah and I are both empaths. Mm -hmm. If you've never heard the term empath before, an empath is someone who is highly sensitive to energy and can feel it as if it's their own. They usually have larger auric fields, which catches energy outside of their field of awareness. Empaths often catch the feelings of others, making them naturally more understanding of others because they literally feel what other people feel. And this can be a wonderful gift, but sometimes it can feel like a curse. I know for me, it felt like a curse for a long time, especially before awareness comes of it. Kara, can you sense my energy right now? Always. What What is it? I think right now you are... I'm very good at hiding it, so just let's be real here. <laughs> I wish you could see my face right now. Yeah, right Okay, now. go ahead. So I feel like you're in a fun mood, but you're still kind of coming down from rushing over here. Yes. <laughs> She's really good at hiding it, guys. She mm-hmm. might be good at hiding it from other people, but I'm really good at, at feeling how people feel because I'm an empath. You mm-hmm. can't hide from an empath how you're feeling. Very true. So before I had awareness that I was an empath, I felt drained and sick all the time for no apparent reason. I could never figure out why I was feeling so drained. And once I had that awareness, I could start doing more to protect my energy. So Kat, what are the different types of empaths? There are eight types of empaths that we know of so far. There are physical empaths, emotional empaths, intuitive empaths, dream plant, earth, animal, and the rarest of all, the Hayoka empath. What is the Hayoka empath? Can we start there? Sure. So a Hayoka empath is a true empath. Hayoka empaths will often confuse other people's emotions for their own, and they also feel planetary vibrations as their own energy. Hayoka empaths are the rarest and most powerful variety acting as a spiritual mirror to those around them to assist their growth. And the thing about Hayoka impasse is they kind of have an unorthodox approach to life, which makes them question their own preconceived notions of what's right and wrong, real and fantasy. I'm a Hayoka impasse. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time gauging sometimes between what's real and fantasy, because to me, fantasy is real, because we create our own reality. Our imagination is real. All of everything that we see in front of us is our imagination and what we've created. Hmm. 
but I feel planetary alignments whenever there's a shift in the planets. I feel it all the time. I feel it in the moon. I connect to people's energy that aren't even around me sometimes. I had something crazy happen last night, actually, where a good friend of mine, I texted her the day before yesterday because I saw her dad's name on a license plate with 111 behind it. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to follow these signs. And as soon as I saw it, I knew it was her dad. And I texted her and said, you know, I just wanted to check and see how your dad is doing. Yeah. And she said, oh, he's doing good. You know, thanks for asking. And then last night, I was sitting on the couch watching a show. And all of a sudden, I start getting this feeling over my body. I can't even explain what the feeling was. But now that I'm trying to be more in my body, I'm aware of when it feels different energetically. Mm Mm-hmm. And I looked at my husband and I said, do you feel that? What is that? And I started kind of looking around, trying to see if there was a spirit around that I wasn't aware of. And I I didn't feel anything, but I felt something in me. Mm. And I just kind of said, that's weird, and let it go and continue to watch TV. And then five minutes later, my friend, who I just texted, texted me about her dad not doing well that they're having to take mm. me to the hospital. And it, my heart dropped. And then the craziest thing about it is right after that, I started having this sharp pain in my arm like I was having a heart attack because her dad is having heart issues. That's what's going on. Mm. And I knew that it was him wanting to connect with me. And I had to go in another room and disconnect from his energy enough to where I say, oh, God, that hurts. <laughs> Please stop. I'll, I'll stop what I'm doing, and, and I'll talk to you. I'll go right now. Yeah. And I went and I connected with him to see how he was doing. And Hayoka Empaths operate that way. And you could actually be all of these types at once. That's kind of what the Hayoka Empath is. It's all seven of those types all rolled into one ball. And whichever one resonates with you, just make sure that you establish routines to honor that part of yourself while also doing specific rituals to protect yourself. Because if you're an Earth Empath right now, holy cow. You're feeling it. So what do you mean when you say establish, did you say a routine? Mm -hmm. Establish a routine. So I'll just use earth impasse because I said them. So earth impasse, it's really, really, really important to ground. You have to ground if you're an earth impasse because right now with all of the earthquakes that are happening right now and volcanic eruptions We're going to start going into hurricane season here soon. You have to connect with the earth and ground and check in on Gaia and send her love because she is hurting right now. She is releasing just like we are. Why are we releasing? Because Gaia is releasing so much and we are a part of the earth and all of us feel it. But if you're an earth empath, you are especially feeling it. And for earth impasse, seeing the earth destroyed can feel like it's destroying you. Sometimes I can feel things happening in other countries. I won't know exactly what it is, but somehow I know that the earth is going through a shift. And I don't usually follow up on it, but I used to. I think the first one that happened for me was that earthquake in Mexico. That was the first time where I said, oh my gosh, what is happening right now on earth? And I just knew that it was tied to that somehow. And I started looking at major natural disasters that happened Mm -hmm. around that time. And the earthquake in Mexico had just happened. Hmm. Wow. 
Yep. And if you're a physical empath, because there are a lot of physical empaths and emotional empaths out there, physical empaths, you're going to want to wrap yourself, like we talked about before, wrap yourself in white light and really check in with your body if this is yours or if this is somebody else. Because when I first started doing Reiki, my Reiki teacher told us the importance of protecting our energy and everything. And I thought that I was because I learned Reiki very early in my spiritual journey. And I was still learning about a lot of this stuff. And I really thought I was protecting myself. But before one of my clients, I was packing up my car and putting everything in my car. And I was fine. I had eaten healthy that day. I had done my exercises. You know, I was feeling good. And then all of a sudden, I get a pain in my stomach, like someone is stabbing me with a knife and just grinding it in there. And the first thing that popped up in my head is, oh my God, is this my client? And that's when you know that that's what you're feeling. First thing that pops up into your head, that's usually what it is. Mm -hmm. It took me until the next day to shake that off. I ended up seeing her in Reiki And she was, of course, having a pain in her stomach right where I was. And as I was doing her appointment, my stomach was getting bigger and bigger and more swollen. And I was in so much pain by the end of her appointment, I could barely stand it. And I went home and rested and woke up at 2 a.m. that night with a splitting headache. Mm. I didn't know what was happening with my body. I didn't know how to get rid of it because, like I said, I was barely early in my practice. And it took me until the next day because I ended up having to pray a lot that night. Please Mm. make this go away. I did Reiki on myself. And by the next day, it was good. But from that point on, I learned how to protect my energy. Mm. Wow. Yep. How do you think people become empaths? Isn't that more of like a spiritual gift? Yes. Being an empath is definitely a spiritual gift. And this is just my take on it. I think higher evolved beings will often choose to be empaths when they incarnate. Mm-hmm. And every empath I know has deep trauma. It's as if we already progressed past the norm and now we choose a highly traumatic life to evolve more spiritually and to raise our consciousness. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if any of you guys have read Michael Newton's books, but through his research, he's found that we do have spiritual levels. There are baby spirits and there are old souls and mature spirits that come in. And usually the more mature spirits, the old souls will come in and choose a very traumatic life for themselves. Because before we come in to life on earth, we actually get to watch our life kind of like a projector screen and looking at a lot of different scenarios that we can go through and we choose which life we want to go into. Why would we choose a bad life? For lessons to learn. Because like I said before... With me having so much trauma, I wouldn't be who I am without my trauma. I wouldn't have the empathy and compassion that I have. And I know that a lot of those qualities I have at a soul level already, it's already a part of my DNA. But with everything that I've gone through in my life, I am so strong because of those things. I'm so resilient and I'm adaptable. I'm kind of like a chameleon. I can adapt to any environment you put Mm -hmm. me in. And if you look at it, From a larger perspective, if you look at it through the eyes of God and not through our measly little eyes here on earth, Mm -hmm. God wants to experience every scenario possible, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It doesn't matter. And God will look at it like, okay, 
the first 12 years of her life will be incredibly difficult. And then for the next 10 years, it's still going to be difficult, but it's going to be a different story. And then after that, we're going to kind of have it all come together and she's going to start realizing the power that she's gained through all of this. It's going to suck for a while. Mm -hmm. But like you just have to look at how you come out of it. So look at people like Jim Carrey. For example, a lot of celebrities know about law of attraction and quantum physics and stuff like that. Jim Carrey has a ton of trauma, mm-hmm. but he has spent most of his life making everyone laugh. Mm-hmm. That was kind of his outlet. And now he's completely quit Hollywood and he's living out in nature with the bunnies. Mm-hmm. And he now is realizing all of this power that he's had inside of him. And he's had power for a long time because I know that I watched Jim Carrey growing up and I laughed my ass off. Mm-hmm. He brought me so much joy. He brought a lot of people so much joy. But now if you look at what he says, he says, I don't even know who Jim Carrey is. I've spent all of this time being other characters. Jim Carrey is just another character. And Jim Carrey, I think, is an empath too because somebody who is so comedic like that, they have to be able to feel the room mm-hmm. if, you know, the natural comedians We're not talking about the ones who get up there and flop. We're talking about the good ones. They have to feel the room, the energy of the room, in order to see where they're going to take the next joke. Mm -hmm. Man, it would be cool to have him on here. That would be awesome. But I think that's how people become empaths. I think that naturally we have these qualities at a soul level, but when we come here on Earth, we usually go through a lot of trauma. And I know some people say that empaths, The feelings that we have are just trauma response. So some people like to call BS on empaths and say, no, you're not an empath. You just have crazy trauma response, the hypervigilance and all that. And again, you can believe what you want to believe. But I believe that there are a certain amount of souls that come here as empaths that are here to help raise the consciousness of the earth. Because if we weren't here, if there weren't people like us, who lead the way and show people how to be kind and loving and show people that they can get out of their own trauma, mm-hmm. where would we be? So I think that that's, that's how we become empaths. So now I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of empathic abilities because I know a lot of you are probably listening like, okay, I could be an empath. So we're going to kind of go into some of the things that we've seen. I'm reading a book called um, Awakened Empath right now that Mm -hmm. my friend let me borrow. I'm only like three chapters in, so I'm learning about all this stuff along with you guys. Yeah, and it's pretty cool when you first start learning about it because you really feel like it's written about you Mm -hmm. if you're an empath. But I'm going to go over the cons of empathic abilities first. Cons, catching other people's feelings and believing they're yours. That's the biggest one, I think, because sometimes it's hard to differentiate. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you even know? Just with your intuition. I check in with my body. Is this mine? Did this come out of nowhere? Am I thinking about someone with it? Is there pain related to it? Stuff like that. Hmm. And you can actually catch other people's physical pain and illness. Hmm. You can catch people's illness Even if it is not contagious, it doesn't have to be contagious, but you can catch it if you allow the energy to come in unnoticed and Mm -hmm. you don't do anything about it. Empaths can actually catch illness. A lot of empaths I know have a savior complex. I know I do. (laughs) Big time. What is that? A savior complex is feeling like you have to save everybody all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, the world's going to end. 
Yeah, I don't have that. I feel like I definitely want to help people, but mm-hmm. not. Not a savior complex. That's no. good. That's good because my therapist, she would tell me all the time, Cat, put down the cape. Mm. You got to put down the cape. You can't save everybody. Empaths are more susceptible to depression and anxiety. You cannot understand the ways of men, and often that causes depression. People-pleasing and confusion about who you are and your identity. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yep, that's a big one. Empaths have perfectionist tendencies a lot. You do. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> I have all of these, man. <laughs> that, that's why I say I'm, I'm a Hayoka empath. I have all of these. Um, you can feel alone or misunderstood a lot, have low self-esteem due to the people pleasing Mm. and everything is turned up to 100%. Mm. Everything feels so much bigger than what it is. Now the pros of being an empath, everything's turned up to 100%. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're having a good day and you're feeling those good vibes and you're grounded and everything's turned up to 100% and it's amazing. So empaths can go through these waves. It can be good and it can be bad. Mm-hmm. Because if it is turned up to 100% and you have a strong spiritual connection, you have that feeling of overwhelming love with you all the time in your back pocket. It sits with you all the time. That's the one thing that I love about being an empath. Because when I go into these deep meditations or I do archangelic light healing, that love sometimes can be so overwhelming and bring me to tears and it'd be a mess but it's the love that I know that I deserve it's the love that I know I'm owed it is the love I know that I'm holding within myself at a soul level and I find that in deep meditation because I'm an empath and everything's turned up to 100 so when that love comes in it's just like a rush nothing Mm -hmm. no other feeling in the world can beat that in my opinion Mm. Another thing is you're always in awe of nature. Mm-hmm. Always. I love that. And it, it can be good and bad, too, because I have a hard time understanding why people don't realize what we're doing to nature. Earth does not exist for us. Mm-hmm. We are not here to take all of her resources. Yeah. She's here so that we can coexist and live with her in harmony not tear her to shreds Mm -hmm. but when you can let go of that and you can get out in your space like when I go to Sedona I am in so much awe by everything by little plants I know Nick hates hiking with me probably because we'll go a little bit and I'm like oh Nick look at this flower and everything just looks so beautiful I look at it like the veins of the flower and how they are so similar to the veins that run inside of me And I just compare everything with us to the earth. Mm -hmm. That would be a good example of a plant empath, which I think that we both are too. Oh, yeah. I love my plants. I love them. Me too. I cried the other day over my elephant ear because I had to, um, I've had that thing for a year and a half, two years, Mm -hmm. and it's been inside the house. And then recently I noticed that it wasn't growing anymore, like um, if anybody knows anything about elephant ears, they have babies. One leaf will have a baby that then that leaf grows and then the next one has another one and so on and so forth. Well, this one was getting ready to have a baby and it just wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't birthing it basically. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, something's wrong. Like the leaves started changing colors. And so I was like, I gotta take this outside. So I took it outside. I planted it, left it alone about two weeks. And then uh, just the other day, I think it was like Wednesday or Thursday of the last week, um, I went outside to go check on it and the baby had come out, but it was dead. And I just started crying. I was really sad. I cry over dead plants too. Yeah. I mean, not that your plant died because it didn't. It was it's just still, the baby. It's still there, but I don't know. I, I think it's done because the baby that is dead there's nowhere else for any more leaves to come out so well you may be surprised though because i had that huge elephant ear at our old house that was outside and Mm -hmm. then when we moved to our new house we moved in the winter so i kept it inside yeah and it started drooping and turning brown so i said okay i've got to put it back outside and i planted it and i thought it was dead Mm -hmm. i thought it was totally done it had like a a brown gooky knob on it was all that was left of my elephant ear because you have to um, trim them down so I stopped watering it I stopped taking care of it and then all of a sudden I start seeing little green sprouts come up Hmm. which I'm like a plant lady I I don't know we both have green thumbs but (laughs) yeah I guess because I'm an empath and and I tell my plants how beautiful they are all the time Mm -hmm. so they grow really big really fast I think I have a little bit of the um animal because i hate spiders Mm -hmm. (laughs) i have the worst fear of them but i had to kill one the other day because it was in the house Mm -hmm. and right before i was like i am so sorry (laughs) i know i i leave them (laughs) i can't i mm. i can't kill them i cannot i can't kill any bug (laughs) and i even tell people about um the experiment where you can take two plants and just to know the power of energy and words, you can tell one plant, I hate you every day. And you can tell the other plant, I love you every day and see the difference in the way they grow. Usually the one that you say that you hate, it mm-hmm. ends up dying. I can't even do that. Yeah. Like I can't hurt the plant's feelings. I don't want you to die. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm so sad when plants die. So I think my daughter is definitely an animal empath because she can communicate with animals and know exactly what they're feeling what they're thinking now she's only eight years old so she definitely crosses some boundaries sometimes she doesn't know boundaries but she knows how they feel Mm -hmm. and you can when I say that she can communicate with animals it's energetically she connects with them energetically and speaks with them energetically because actually what's funny is my brother and if he listens to this sorry if I'm not supposed to put this up here about you but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my brother it's too late <laughs> right my brother and his wife just got a puppy and it's super cute but it's not treat driven mm. so it's not driven by food when they try to train it mm-hmm. and my brother's saying it's so frustrating because what do you do mm-hmm. with an animal if it how do you train it if it doesn't want to take treats and I said well you have to show it love animals prefer love over treats any day Mm -hmm. I mean as long as they're being fed and they're not starving yeah you know but I know we have two golden retrievers and one of them especially she all she wants is love that Mm -hmm. is her main way of training because we tried for a long time training her with treats and she would take them absolutely but she wouldn't learn anything she was doing awful but then as soon as we started saying oh good girl good sit and we're petting her and we're loving her Mm -hmm. and we're getting excited she can feel it in her energy she craves that that's all she wants I mean that's what golden retrievers want more than anything They, they just live to love yeah all they want is love and for animal empaths They know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. 
But the downside of that is you can't stomach the violence towards animals. Mm -hmm. It's really tough for animal empaths. A lot of them are vegan or vegetarian Mm -hmm. because they can't stand the thought of what happens to animals to go into feeding us. But I think that there are definitely more pros and cons being an animal empath because animals are amazing. Mm -hmm. They really are. All right, so let's talk about emotional empaths now. So an emotional empath is someone who picks up the emotions of others. This can be a great thing because if you're around someone who's having a really good day, like somebody who just got a promotion at their job, you can feel their excitement. But it can also be a little exhausting if you are around negative people or narcissists. Mm -hmm. And that's why now it's so important for me to get those people out of my life. Because when I keep them around, it makes it so easy for me to fall into depression. And although when you have depression... And it can make us seem pessimistic. We're always hopeful and we can see ways out of difficult situations easily. But we have to trust ourselves. That's the biggest thing. We have to trust. And we also care deeply for everything. We always see the good in people. And I say I know who they are outside of ego. Because I can look at people who are horrible. And I don't think that they're horrible. I can feel it inside of them that that's not who they are. Mm-hmm but it can be extremely confusing sometimes because you have to put that aside. If you're in a situation where we were talking about last time, eliminate or elevate, if you're trying to eliminate people out of your life and all you can do is see them at a soul level and what they're capable of doing truly, but you're not paying attention to what ego is doing to you right in front of your face, that's an issue. Mm -hmm. You have to put that aside and know that I will see them again I will know them again at a soul level, but right now that's not who they are. They haven't accepted that about themselves yet. And oftentimes, empaths are natural healers. We can sense how people are feeling even when they seem blind to it. Because I know I can look at somebody and tell them exactly what they're going through. I can pinpoint it to a T. This is what you're dealing with. This is how you can handle it. Whatever. And they say, "Uh, nope. Mm -mm. I don't feel like that. I've had people in my Reiki practice where I'll go over them and and I'm an intuitive healer. So I I hear things and see things that are going on in their body. And I'll tell them after the appointment. And I always say, take what resonates with you and then leave the rest. If this doesn't resonate with you or doesn't make any sense, leave it. And I'll tell them sometimes and they'll say, uh, no, I don't, I don't have that. Or yeah, I just don't, I don't think that's right. Like if I tell them you're holding on to anger Mm -hmm. or resentment towards your mom, whoever. No, mm -mm. no, I don't. I love my mom. She's the best. And then guess what? The next appointment that they have, it's all about the mom. Mm. All the anger they're holding for the mom. It comes out and I'm guilty of doing the same thing. I'll deny things sometimes for sure because Mm. we, we can't always see things clearly all the time. Sometimes it's cloudy by ego because empath or not, we still have ego. Everybody has ego. But the number one thing about empaths is they are the strongest people I have ever met in my life. They are so incredibly strong. So if you are an empath, you have to give yourself grace and honor your soul's calling because empaths don't come here to be abused or drained their whole life. They experience trauma with others as a way to teach them empathy but not to stay in that place for your whole life. You have to come out of that because empaths, you are so powerful, so incredibly powerful. You were put here on a mission 
either by God or by yourself, you have to do that mission. You have to do your soul's calling. If you don't, you got to come back. Who wants to come back? Mm -hmm. I don't. This is my last trip here, guys, so I'm knocking it out. Think about it. Empaths who are making a real effort to protect their energy by setting compassionate boundaries with others are seeing extraordinary changes in those people. The empaths may have needed to suffer the abuse in order to set those boundaries, sure. But then you have the opportunity to teach the other person what real empathy looks like, changing both of your worlds. And that is something that I feel like is a true gift of mine because I try not to. I'm going to say I try not to point the finger at people because I know that everyone is a projection of how they feel. I also know that everyone is a reflection of me. So I like to have compassion with those people as if I'm talking to myself. Now, sometimes I'm human. People can do stuff, and I'll, I'll shift blame sometimes. But usually I can snap out of it because I just have a natural ability to look at every side of the coin mm-hmm. and think of every possible outcome, every possible reason that they're doing what they're doing. And when you come to that person and you set compassionate boundaries with them and you come from a place of love within yourself and you say, hey, what you said earlier really hurt me. And it hurt me because of X, Y, and Z. And it reminded me of this one time. And I don't want to feel like that anymore. So I would appreciate it if you wouldn't treat me that way. So if you come from a standpoint of this is how you make me feel instead of this is what you did, usually they have a little bit more of an open ear because people are so defensive right now. Yeah, Everybody's so defensive because we all feel like we're being pushed to our limit. A lot of people are stressed out to the max. They don't have time to work on themselves. So when you sit here and you put a mirror in front of them and you say, here you go, you're forced to do it by just looking at me and being in my presence, Mm -hmm. they don't like that. Because I feel like that's exactly what I am. I am a mirror to everyone. And some people love it and some people hate it. Mm -hmm. And I have to accept that too. Because I'm not going to change who I am for anybody. I'm not going to change my beliefs, my morals, or anything for anybody. I'm going to be who I am authentically all the time. Mm -hmm. But again, authentic people make not authentic people feel uncomfortable. Because they're sitting here living a lie. Mm-hmm. Now, intuitive empaths are very similar to emotional empaths because they can also feel emotions. But emotional empaths, that's all they do. They just simply pick up the emotions of empaths. But intuitive empaths can sense the unspoken in terms of what's going on with that person. So like I'm saying, I could look at somebody and just in their energy, I can tell exactly what's going on with them. That's an intuitive empath where someone doesn't have to tell you something. You just know. I feel like I have that a little. I do too. Mm-hmm. You're definitely an intuitive empath for sure. Mm-hmm. Because you you also, because the clairs kind of play a, a role in this too, because you're clairvoyant. You can see the future sometimes. You have dreams of things that end up happening. Mm-hmm. Or Sarah would just text me out of nowhere and say, hey, Kat, how are you doing today? Because I was just feeling like you're stressed out. Or something like that. Oh, I did have a a couple days ago, something said, don't text cat this morning. <laughs> <laughs> not it said, right I just had something that said, don't text cat. She's not going to be in a good mood. I texted her and I found out. So, Oops. 
just being honest, you know. And then the other day I knew like you're it's almost like somebody's name will pop into my head. And then usually like if it's you, you pop in my head and then within I'm saying like 30 seconds to maybe five minutes, I hear from you. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you and I are really connected. Mm-hmm. And to my defense, I'm going through a uh, I call it a healing spell right now. <laughs> and I'm just having to tell everybody you got to be a little patient with me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm really having to control my attitude and the way I feel. And sometimes it can be harder than others. And luckily for Kat, her best friend is very patient. So Yes, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but something else I think that you are is a dream empath. Yes, definitely. A hundred percent. It's insane. Yep. And I'm sure you I've can had, guess what that is. I've had so many dreams that have come true. I mean, I can give you guys an example. I have a friend. She just started dating this guy and I had a dream that we were standing outside of their house. It was her, this guy, her mom, and her son just standing outside the house. And I was standing across from them and I just look at them and I go, well, what are you doing? Is he going to move in? And then that was the end of the dream. So this was, I had this dream in January, February. So I called her up the next day and I was like, hey, I just wanted to let you know I ha- I had a dream that, you know, your boyfriend was going to move into your house with you. And she was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, fast forward about six months later, he moved in with them. So, wow. yeah. but I mean, that's just one very small dream that I've had. I've had, I, I got to look at my dream journal. I've had so many that have happened. It's crazy I try to pay really close attention to my dreams now because I'm like okay what's happening now right and if you know you're getting messages yeah you want to pay attention to those messages so dream journals for dream impasse is such a good thing I mean dream journals for anybody is a good thing because that's where we get all of our messages is through our dreams that come straight from the spiritual realm now it may come in metaphors sometimes and it may be a little weird but google usually can tell you what all that means or just get Mm -hmm. yourself a dream book But the tricky thing about dreams is sometimes you can have these dreams and just be waiting for it to happen. And then it doesn't, like you said, about six months later, you had to wait six months for that to actually manifest in reality. So not that you were stirring about it, but sometimes we can have dreams that we stir about over and over and over again. What does this mean? For six months, you would have been stirring. Mm -hmm. Because I've had dreams of coffins and skulls and things like that and I'll automatically think is somebody gonna die Uh, well I did have a dream that um the same person died in three different dreams and it was in the course of a week Mm -hmm. and then maybe a couple days later a relative of mine died wow so it wasn't the person in the dream that died it ended up being somebody else right but I knew something was going on because I kept having that same dream yeah Yeah, and sometimes I tell people, if you don't know who it is in the dream, go based off of how you feel. What does the energy feel like? Because our dreams can't tell us exactly what the message is, because then that would interrupt with free will. So it has to come in metaphors, or it has to make people look different. Mm -hmm. And I know I've had dreams where I say, it looked like this person, but it felt like this person. Yeah, I have those dreams where I... I won't see a person, but I know exactly who it is that I'm talking to. Right. It's so weird. I it's like it's like looking at a, a TV screen when everything else is went on. It's so it's like shh, but you're having a conversation. You just can't see the person, but you know who you're talking to. And I've even had them where 
I know who I'm talking to. I can't see anybody and I don't know what we're talking about, but mm-hmm. I know we're talking. Right. Well, <laughs> clearly yeah. that wasn't very important though. Right. Yeah. I say the ones that we remember, those are the ones that are the clear messages. If we don't remember them, then we're not ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. So imagine the impact you can make by being an empath in this world. I mean, you really can change people's lives. Mm -hmm. And that's a wonderful thing about being an empath. Being an empath has felt like a curse to me sometimes. But now at this point in my life, it feels like such an incredible blessing. I feel like I'm so special. Mm -hmm. I feel like this was the gift that God gave me to say, here you go. This is your reward. And it may not always feel like a reward, but I'm telling you, it really is. Being an empath is incredible. I wouldn't change it for anything. That's how I feel with the dreams because, but. The only problem is now I have people <laughs> coming up to me like, can you dream about this? I'm like, can't dream about it just because you want me to. Like, it, it has to just be given to me if it's the time. Right. Yeah, let me type it in my mind computer. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, though, that there are some people who actually can do that. Mm-hmm. People who lucid dream. So maybe you might be able to get there one day. Maybe. Has uh, Nick bought you your spaceship that's full of plants yet? Do you remember that dream I had? I'm still waiting for that to happen. I think it's this house probably. Yeah. This spaceship was this house because it's sure filling up with plants pretty fast. Yeah, that it is. (laughs) (laughs) So we hope you'll join us next time. And we hope that you will vibe consciously and maybe dig a little deeper into your empathic abilities. Yes, and I love that we've already started discussing dreams because that's a perfect segue into our next episode. We are going to be talking about common dream themes and help you pick apart what your dreams might be trying to tell you. But we've enjoyed talking with you today about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yes, we hope you did enjoy it. And if you are an empath, we would love to hear from you to find out what empath you are and what you have experienced. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery and healing. We hope the discussions and practices we've shared have helped you raise your vibration and find more peace and balance in your life. Remember to be kind to yourself and listen to your body and trust the process. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Vibing Consciously Podcast for more insights and inspiration. If you have any suggestions for future topics or guests, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep shining your light and spreading your love and positivity wherever you go. Namaste.